Welcome to the Weavers and Healers podcast. I'm Betsy McDonald, and I have been studying Qigong, and I'm a Qigong teacher. I've been studying Kiro medicine. I'm a mesa carrier in that tradition, ancient Aramaic, and also Buddhism in the tradition of Thich Nhat Hanh. And I weave these and other oh fascinating things I find into my end-of-life doula work. And I am so fascinated by others who are also weaving traditions and lineages into their work of healing for each other and this planet. And so I really like an excuse to be in conversation with them. And this podcast is that excuse. So I hope you enjoy our conversations. And here we go. Today, I'm in conversation with George Taylor. And Gio, as we call him, is a marriage and family therapist. He works in his office as well as online through Zoom. And uh, I met Gio at a Qigong retreat. He seemed like kind of an interesting guy, kind of filed that away in my mind. And at a certain point, my husband and I were interested in some maintenance of our relationship. And I happened to have, because I had remembered that Gio had written a book, A Path for Couples. So we had the book and we read a little bit of it, but you know, it wasn't wasn't going as quickly as we wanted. And so we decided to make a an appointment with Gio. And we have been working with him for a better part of a year now, once or twice a month. And it's been fantastic. So I wanted to know a little bit more about Gio and his work and the weaving of the traditions that he has brought to this path. And so here he is. Hey, Gio, welcome. Thank you, Betsy. I love this idea of weaving weaving traditions. Most of your listeners know by now that there's been this huge influx of teachings from the from the East in terms of Buddhism, particularly into American culture. And so there's a weaving right there going on between the traditions of consciousness that come from the East and Western culture. And I've been um, very lucky to have been somebody that's been studying that intermixing of cultures and traditions uh, for quite a while. And I also am a, am a couples counselor. So it's always a, a deep interest to me, like, how could I apply these teachings around consciousness, around conscious relationship, around intention to, to couples, to partnerships? And so um, I've been applying these kind of principles with my lovely wife, Deborah, who's a meditation teacher for over 40 years now and practicing with couples in session. So That's what you call a database of information. Uh, The basic information that most of us understand is that application of consciousness to practically anything makes our life work better. Application Mm -hmm. of consciousness to our thought process, to our meditation, to our family systems, to our children, to our driving. Fill in the blank. And I'm particularly interested in the application of consciousness to couples and how couples can illuminate and elucidate their own consciousness and their partner's on what I affectionately call the path for couples. Mm. And I want to I want to go a little bit uh, before that. How did you happen to come into studying the Eastern traditions? Like what drew you to, to that? Oh, that's a wonderful question. You know, uh, I, I was raised in a Christian culture. And as deep and as powerful as, as Christian culture is, I didn't find in it the, the pursuit and the exploration of consciousness, mm. which means what are your actual internal thoughts and beliefs and internal structures that force you to engage in the world in a certain way? Uh, often it's a way of reactivity. So in studying Eastern traditions, I began to feel my own consciousness developing 
and my own reactivity to life and to uh, my parents, uh, to Deborah, my lovely wife, I, I just began to notice that they were subsiding. And I think most people that are practicing uh, conscious relationship or uh, communication, nonviolent communication or yoga or meditation, they naturally begin to feel better about themselves. And they, they are not bound so much by their conditioning and by their entrenched uh, communication patterns that most of them learn from childhood. Mm. So there's a kind of a liberation. I mean that with a small L, not the big L, enlightenment, liberation. But a small liberation from our conditioning actually makes us feel a lot better. And when I sense that um, meditation practice and communication standards and communication consciousness with my wife, I began to think, well, these are tools that could apply to lots of other people. Mm. So that was kind of how there was this weaving of um, my own personal life, my professional life, uh, you know, studying ardently Western psychology. I mean, I have a California license. Um, and also noting how you can weave in themes of consciousness, uh, right intention, right communication, the Eightfold Path from Buddhism um, makes a very potent uh, transformational process. Ooh, I like that phrase, potent transformational process. It does feel like that's what we're going through as as a couple who um, have taken advantage of your work, Gio. As you were talking, I was wondering, so you got your counseling degree or certification. Um, did that come before you studied the Eastern religions or was it at the same time or what, what, what came first? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I would say they were concurrent. You know, I'm 73 now. I've been studying both paths since I was in my early 30s. Mm. And, um, you know, the psychology that my wife and I studied together, um, couples counseling, it's called body-oriented, or now it's called uh, somatic. And what's curious about that is there's a lot of attention to the body and the body breath, uh, the, the nature of the breath. Are you breathing? Because we, when we go into reactivity, when we go into conflict, we either stop breathing or our breathing gets tighter. Our whole bodies get tense. So there's a wonderful crossover between the Buddhist ideas of consciousness of breathing, consciousness of the body, and how um, those same teachings can apply to a somatic approach to couples counseling. So as you, as you well know, I, I'm consistently saying, and how do you feel about that right now? Because that whole training of the body's experience right now is really the path of liberation. It's the path mm-hmm. of breaking the link between input information, incoming stress, and outgoing reactivity, outgoing uh, very uh, conditioned communication reactions and patterns. So if you can break that little bond between incoming and outcoming, you do that with consciousness, your life will work a lot better. Yeah. So I know, you know, we start each of our sessions with you with a meditation, a short meditation. And, um, and that's lovely because that brings us into the moment and brings us into our bodies and our time together. And I, but I wondered when you're talking about breath and this is really fascinating. Do you have a practice uh, of a, a breathing practice? I guess you'd say that you do. I have a breathing practice 24 <laughs> seven. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? This breath we've been given. <laughs> yeah. But but what's interesting about your question, you know, the breath is the doorway to the body. The, the breath is the doorway to the body's internal experience. Because as you can settle into the breath, you can begin to perceive the nuances of feeling and expression inside your body. So um, I made a joke about uh, breathing meditation 24-7, but 
You know, I think Qigong, which I practice uh, regularly, and just simple breath meditations are very powerful because they're developing that, that transformational vision of freedom from trained conditioning. Mm. Without, without some kind of awareness uh, or consciousness, which is much more highly defined and articulated in Eastern culture than it is in Western culture, without that, it's really hard to have significant transformational change. And so I think, you know, when people come in to counseling, they're tense. They're not breathing freely. And so the tension comes from the feeling of isolation, separation, resentment, frustration. And so we're really trying to, besides open up the communication uh, patterns within the couple, you're trying to open up the energetic communication and experience between the couple and inside the person themselves. And the breath is a, is a key doorway to that internal experience. The breath can take us inside to where the, uh, the great vision of ourselves. I mean, most people that are listening to your podcast have a vision of themselves as loving, conscious people. They're striving to achieve that. They're wanting to achieve that. And so that vision needs to be supported with practices. And so the practices that we've talked a little bit about, about intention and right communication um, and awareness, those are the specific tools that allow people to accomplish the vision that they understand is possible within their relationship. Yes. Ah, so, so you developed this path, a path for couples from your studies, from both Western traditions and Eastern traditions. Can you trace the origins of that development huh. of a path? It's a wonderful question. You know, there's various translations of the Four Noble Truths, but the first noble truth of the Buddha is there will be suffering in life. And I think that I experienced a lot of that as a child and as a, in my 20s in relationships. And I was looking for a way out of suffering. Mm. Um, and it turned out that the Buddha's approach to awareness and consciousness was a direct path for me. So it's really, it's really exciting to, re to, to realize like the truth of the Buddha's words. Yes, there is suffering, but yes, there's a path out of suffering. And so it's, through, it's in the noble application of consciousness to our daily life that we begin to experience the freedom that the Buddha promised us. The Buddha said, if you do these things, certain things will happen. And I can say to couples as the same kind of information, certainly not as eloquently, nor from such a spiritual vantage point. But if you continue, continue to have the conflicts and the difficulties that you have now, they will continue forever until mm. you apply consciousness and discipline to your patterns, the patterns will run themselves and they will run you. But with, with consciousness, with, with really practicing self-disclosure, self-inquiry, what am I really experiencing right now? Can I reveal myself deeply to my partner? Then you can actually change your conditioning. You can change your neurobiology. You can change the habits that are embedded in your nervous system and feel a lot more joy and a lot more free. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, as you were talking about suffering and, and uh, getting, finding a way out of suffering, it reminded me of the Thich Nhat Hanh quote, the way out is in. And that's what wow, you're yeah. doing as a counselor is bringing us inward um, so that we can become more conscious of our patterns and habits, um, more self-analysis and, and, and getting over some fear of self-disclosing, you know, of being vulnerable I know you've mentioned Buddhism a lot, and I just wanted to clarify for the listeners that this is not 
connected to any religion or, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's based on this weaving. So just wanted to mention that. <laughs> thank, thank you for that, Betsy. Hey, would you mind telling your listening audience, like some of the experiences you had with your beloved um, in the course? I mean, the tools are a little theoretical, but if you share a story about them, they become more real for people. Sure. So um, I think that, that one of the, uh, you know, this is an ongoing process. And uh, so I, 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 when I think of it, I think I've learned and am learning to recognize patterns um, that are not benefiting me as a person and also um, ourselves as a, you know, my part in being a couple you know, I tend to withdraw if there's stress because um, it's uncomfortable. It's suffering. I've learned to think of it as suffering and, oh, okay, what do I do when, when I'm suffering? Because that's part of life. And then uh, learning how to self-disclose instead of withdrawing. So that's scary at first because the reason it's so important to work as a couple is that the other person, me or, or, or my spouse uh, and my spouse, we need to learn how to be skillful in how we respond when, when the other person self discloses. So, so that fear has diminished a lot because um, my spouse listens and responds more skillfully um, instead of like, yikes, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to just withdraw, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes when, especially because we're still learning, like one of us might self disclose and then we look at each other like, Oh God, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> But at least we remember there's there's some skill there. One of the lines that came up because I, I you know, studied Thich Nhat Hanh a lot um, is, dear one, I am here for you. So oh, both of us have kind of memorized that. It's, it's mm. so when, when one of us says, oh, man, what you said just really hurt my feelings or something like that. <sighs> Instead of going to the defensive, we try to remember to say, dear one, I am here for you. Mm. And that, you know, that just really is a whole different pattern, a whole different way of um, mm. respecting and responding to each other. So, yeah. I'm just touched. I'm just touched by that line, dear one, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's so many things that could be said about that small comment. The main point of the path for couples, it's for both of you. It's for both of the people in the couple to create that atmosphere, Bessie, I think you described very beautifully. It's an, it's an atmosphere of support, an atmosphere of curiosity, and it's actually an atmosphere of commitment to becoming better, your better self, like your higher angel. And so what happens in a lot of the patterns that couples get into is that listening breaks down completely. People will start attacking, defending, withdrawing, pursuing. I affectionately call the four horsemen of the relationship apocalypse. Um, John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman has another list there, so I'm not exactly cribbing from him. But, um, and again, if you go back to the breath, the breath tightens for all of those patterns. And so as the breath patterns, we go into a form of a panic and we can't listen. So to really ground ourselves in listening the way um, Betsy just described so beautifully means that we're taking in our partner's suffering. We're not rejecting it. We're not fixing it. We're ch- not changing it. We're not trying to make it over into something else. We're not de- trying to defend why we created it or why we're not responsible. We just go, oh, really? And there's an extraordinary healing that's available to people in that listening. 
because those are injuries and traumas in which our parents or caregivers did not say, hey, how is that for you? So you're entering a whole new area of relationship when you say, I am willing to listen to your hurts. But even more importantly, and I think this is one thing my teacher, uh, Gay Hendricks, said, I am willing to listen to your joys. Mm. I am willing to listen to how much you love me. Mm. I am willing to see how creative you can be. Because these are the themes, uh, the very simple benefits of the path of freedom, the path of liberation. You're not tied up in conflicts. You're not tied up in power struggles. You're not um, so defended. So there's more free energy available, free positive energy. And as I said earlier, I think most people have a vision that inside them, deep inside of them, there is that possibility of being more loving, being more creative. And what's amazing about the path for couples is that you get to heal your partner at the same time they are healing you. And you get to have all those benefits. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You don't really. Well, I didn't really realize how important being listened to was until it started happening on a more consistent basis. And it was just talk about liberation. I mean, I just felt my heart opening because it's like somebody's really listening, like taking a seat, stopping what he's doing and listening to me and without any other agenda other than respecting that I had something to say. So yeah, it's just huge. And, you know, I have a feeling that uh, if we had given out your phone number at the beginning of this um, conversation, that there would be people waiting in line to call you. <laughs> well, maybe so. But, but Betsy, that, that, that feeling of the heart opening, it's such a powerful experience. You know, people come into couples counseling or people are all wrapped up in COVID. It's such a difficult time. But the heart is still longing for that contact. It's like the heart does not stop longing. Mm. And so with, with simple tools applied in a, in a disciplined way, the vibration of the heart opening, that is the food that the soul or the human is longing for. And so with simple tools, you can give that, that food to your beloved. Your beloved could give that food to you. And there's this process of synergy where, I mean, literally for myself, I, I've said it, I've exposed so much of myself to you and you still love me. That seems impossible. <laughs> So, so you, you wind up you wind up being loved not as a caricature but as a full human mm. as a full human and that in, allows you to let go of your own judgments of yourself that allows you to let go of the places where you say I shouldn't think that I shouldn't feel that um, and so the mind the heart is more free to experience the richness of a human incarnation wow. Yeah, I loved I loved what you said about feeding each other that that word of nourishing, you know, nourishing each other, nourishing our relationship. I just think it's such a valuable thing, not only for individuals and couples, but the energy of that is just so what the world needs, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are so many huge problems. I mean, the war in Ukraine, COVID, Fill in the blank. And so people often, I think, settle into a place of, of despondency or helplessness because things seem so big. But the beautiful thing is, is that you can love your partner. You know, that to me is one of the most powerful practices that there is, because the good news is that the love that you feel from your partner doesn't stop there. 
You feel better at the toll booth. You feel better at the coffee store. You feel better uh, even paying your taxes, believe it or not. So, so the, so I think that there is a world healing. You have to believe in the interconnection of all things, which is also a prime Buddhist uh, concept. And even in Christianity, I grew up with the belief God is in all things. The God that is in all things wakes up when we apply consciousness to those things. And so that is world peace. That is world peace in your home, in your neighborhood. And that's not bad. I, I don't know how to save the great social questions. Right. But I do think if people love each other more deeply, they'll be able to. So the, the short close I wanted to make is I'm in a very interesting place in my teaching career. I've been teaching these practices for 30 plus years. And it's almost like as I turn 74, they're integrating into my own heart mind in a new way. And I'm starting to see more of the energetic uh, neurobiological opportunities of consciousness. So I'm really excited about bringing together some of these practices, meditations and visualizations and group dialogue. You know, as you can tell from Betsy's sharing, couples sharing with each other their inner world and their inner struggles and their inner visions is really powerful. So I'm going to be launching online class uh, probably later this summer. And I'm super excited about it. It's one of the reasons I want to do the podcast is because I'm ready to do a deeper form of healing, which means that I'm ready to undertake a deeper form of healing for myself. And I want to invite you to come on, come on board, join the party on the path for couples. Oh, wow. That sounds really, really good. So how do we contact (laughs) you? How do we find out about this? How do we make an appointment for counseling? Thank you, Betsy. The easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is named coincidentally the same as the book, A Path for Couples. And just follow the contact information there. Um, uh, You can send me a letter or sign up for the newsletter. And uh, the newsletter will be the way I'll be announcing the the new courses coming up. So thank you for that, Betsy. Great. Is that a .com or .org? Pathforcouples.com. Okay, great. Thank you. And I'll put that in the text for the podcast as well. Thank you so much, Betsy. Oh, thank you, Gia. This has been really, really great. Mm, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please join us for our next conversation. And you can find all the podcasts on Buzzsprout. Podcast name, of course, is Weavers and Healers. So we will connect with you next time.